Doja Cat is quickly becoming one of my favourite felines out there. Um, in terms of cats, you know, I've never really been a fan, but Doja, something else. That's all I'm going to say on that. Uh, how are we going? Good to be here. It's awesome to be here. And as you can see, I'm in a different place. Uh, this is in Wellington. Uh, some of you have been following me since summer. You would know that this is where I had a few interviews over summer. Uh, but for those of you who are just listening to the audio, just listen to me. I even sound like I'm in a better place. And that is Wellington. That is Wellington, baby. Um, anyway, what's been going on since I've been here? There has been a lot that has been going on. Um, and if I'm not in the shot because I can barely see where it is and I'm just hoping for the best, um, then that's my bad. But, you know, that's kind of how this podcast has been. We just hit and hope and it just tends to land. Um, yeah, a lot has been going on. A lot has been going on. I've had a bit of time off and it's felt like it's been an eternity since I recorded my last episode because so much has happened from the seven days uh, before this happening. Um, and something that I did do, which I was meant to do so long ago, is I uh, activated my Netflix subscription because uh, as part of uh, Te Kaika, so the... the uh, my GP, who is down there in Dunedin, uh, it is a Māori GP or Māori slash Pacific uh, provider, and what they did was they were encouraging people to get vaccinated, still pro-vax, because I am now double-vax, so I'm basically just biased now, because it's in me and it's telling me what to say, um, but as part of that, I won a six-month subscription to Netflix, and I never really use Netflix, because everyone else kind of already has Netflix, uh, so if they put something on, I'll put something on, but I've never really scrolled too much, there's been a few things that I've watched, uh, but I've heard, you know, people posted on their stories what they've been watching, people uh, also talk about what they've been watching, and then you kind of feel like you want to be part of it, because now that our social currency is in memes and TikToks, you don't get the references, you're pretty much just not a human. And you don't belong anymore. So uh, I try. I st- I've started watching a lot more, um, a lot more Netflix and just things that are going on. And it's a really cool uh, way just to unwind at the end of the day. Otherwise, I've just got a bajillion thoughts. People saying, you know, you're ugly, you're, you're fat, and, and all that sort of stuff. So now, um, you know, I get to take some time out. And a few honourable mentions out to this one called Harriet uh, about Harriet Tubman. No, it's not. Uh, it's, it's a movie about you know good old Harriet Tubman. And if and if Someone that I was kind of aware of, but then you learn a little bit in the film, but obviously probably have to go watch like a proper documentary or actually read a bit about the uh, Underground Railroad for um, helping slaves escape their owners and, and starting new lives and whatnot. So yeah, that was really cool to learn about a little little bit more about Harriet Tubman. Um, it was also Dave Chappelle's new special. Everyone has been talking about this and everyone has been going off and I think, uh, I personally, uh, I really, really like Dave Chappelle and obviously when I watch it, I kind of watch it knowing that I'm on his side Um, and he spent a lot of time talking about the stuff that he gets criticised for. So he gets criticised for uh, being uh, anti-transgender and from my perspective, his jokes don't actually say anything about him being anti, uh, but I guess if you mention a group uh, and there's some sort of, like you're making a joke and there happens to be a group that is associated with that joke, it can already be, it can automatically be taken uh, as something that is offensive. So as we know, we live in a clickbait world now where if you can just take one clip of something and then post that, uh, people, people barely read the fucking articles that people are putting out so people say something they'll just read the headline the headline could be jack shit or could be like the smallest part of the entire article but people will read that and then they'll go straight down into the comments and leave everything that they have to say so i guarantee this is kind of what's happening with all of the stuff that dave chappelle has been putting out 
Um, but he's turned less. He's got his own style of com- of comedy. He's a stand-up comic, for those of you who don't know. He had The Chappelle Show, which has awesome skits on there as well. Um, but he's become more of like a... He kind of just gets up and talks. He gives a seminar now uh, and sprinkles jokes in. It used to be that everything was leading up to be a huge punchline, but now it's just he has a comedic way of telling what he has to tell while getting a good story across as well. So I personally like it. I know a lot of people who are very into stand-up comedy will probably think that it's missing a little element, but yeah, no, that was awesome. And the funniest thing is if you watch the full the full thing, I don't want to give it away for you, for all of you, but the stuff that he gets criticized for online, so the people who are taking the clickbait stuff uh, and writing the stuff in the comments, he addresses, so he pretty much for, he, he sees how it's all going to play out because he's, he's released specials before and he knows exactly how people portray him. Uh, and he, during the special, pretty much predicted exactly how people would react to it um, and it's exactly what people are doing in the comments so that's funny it's funny that he kind of knew that that was going to happen but it's at the same time he knows his art and he knows how people portray him um, and he knows how people take it out of context so uh, if you want full context and if you're one of those people who absolutely hates Dave Chappelle only because of the stuff that you have seen uh, in the comments or what's been posted by you know Complex which is really not even news to be honest um then you should probably just go watch it. And if you don't like it, because already in your head you don't want to like him, uh, then that is probably a bigger issue. Uh, something about, you know, you talk about being open-minded, but if you can't even do that, then let's let's have a chat. Or, uh, or don't. That's also fine. Because you don't have to. Especially if you didn't win the six-month subscription, because you're probably using someone else's. Anyway. Um, yeah, so that's the Dave Chappelle special. I also, also got into Squid Game. So everyone has been talking about Squid Game. Obviously Squid Game has been, like it's it's the new, what came out and everyone would watch it. Game of Thrones, you know? Game of Thrones, it's still what, it was made 42 years ago and I still haven't watched an episode. Uh, but I thought I'd get into Squid Game because, you know, it's based in, let's just get this. I really enjoy the ones where you have to read the subtitles and I think that's because I stay locked into it because I'm reading the whole time because all the other ones, if it's playing, if I can hear it, I kind of just do other things and I don't really pay attention. So Squid Game got me locked in basically because of language. Uh, but then the whole thing, like it's it's pretty nasty. So I'm only three episodes in. We'll probably finish it by the time you all listen to this. Um, but yeah, that's, that's next level. And it's in Korea, so... Um, People probably already like it as well because you, you love BTS and you're like, oh, Korea, I, I love that. Uh, Gangnam Style. And the... I think the it's just like the Hunger Games, right? Where where because there is an equity gap uh, in terms of finances uh, and people being able to use poor people as their pawns, you know, for the for the upper class, um, this is the only way that this sort of show can kind of play out. And I'm pretty sure for those of you listening, uh, and you've finished the Squid Games, Squid Games, Squid Game, Squid Game. But anyway, it's, it has nothing to do with Squidward. Um, and to be honest, I don't really understand the game that they explain at the beginning, but I'm sure it'll make sense to me soon. Uh, uh, but when you have that much of a discrepancy between how much people, how much money people make, you know, some people can get away with a whole bunch of things because they have those resources, and some people would do anything. Um, so that's kind of one of the key things that's coming out of this is that because these people uh, who were chosen to go into these games, you know, pretty much had nothing uh, or, or were struggling to face that sort of reality in the real world, this, these games become possible. But it's gruesome. 
Um, and it's kind of weird how quickly I got over the sudden stuff that would just happen. So like nasty stuff that would just happen. You see one scene where you're just like, that is messed up. And then the more you watch it, you're just like, oh, he's going to die. You know? Far out. We come, but we become desensitized so quickly. Uh, but anyway, it's Squid Game. Uh, it's weird what happens when money is involved with people. And I think I see this every single place where we talk about cool things that are happening all the time. And then once people decide uh, we need to discuss money or more money is being uh, dripped into whatever it is we're doing, some weird stuff goes on. And that's just, that's power. It's what happens when power is involved. It's what happens when people could get some money and some people want more than other people have. So, I mean, that's how these gaps kind of consist uh, or these uh, consistently uh, perpetuated because we have people who don't play by the rules or are playing by their own rules uh, and are in it to gain as much as they can. But I was thinking more like, so for those of you who haven't watched Squid Game, I think the closest thing I can give you is that it is similar to Hunger Games where people go in and, and, and you can become, you know, absolutely famous or not not even famous, sorry, you can clear all your debt and be really, really rich. Um if you win these games, so you go in there and, you, and you, you're given your name tag and you're given your number, sorry, and then you go in and you play these games. Um, only thing is these games are childhood games that they all used to play, so they're all kind of figuring out what the games could be based on what they used to play. Um, and I don't want to give away too much, but the 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 thing with this is that um, I was thinking, I always watch these things and I'm like, would I be good in this situation? And I think I'd be horrible. I really do think I'd be horrible. I have a log- I have a logical brain, but at the same time, um, I have the worst hay fever right now, and I have eczema. So I don't. I think if I had to hide anywhere, or if I think I was in a high pressure situation, I'd probably sneeze, lose my vision, and then that's me done, kaput. Um, but other than that. Yeah, no, I've been enjoying watching my Netflix because basically it's telling me that I've given myself some time, some time to just relax and enjoy the moment uh, and just really be there for wherever I am while enjoying some cool art. So anyway, let's uh, get into the celebration of love. Oh yeah, you know it. And that celebration of love that I'm talking about is, is the reason I'm here this week and it's the reason that I've been here uh, for the last couple of days is just because I was here for my father's wedding. Um, but as part of that, you know, I had to come back to Wellington and I always love coming to Wellington. I always feel so grounded and I feel like this is where I'm meant to be and I've been wanting to come back to Wellington for a long time. So most of you would know that I was meant to come back for my birthday uh, and I was locked down in that time so I couldn't come back up. Um, and now we're here, so it's been cool to be back, and uh, the first person I caught up with while I got here was Tunga, uh, so my boy Tunga Mativa, if you guys remember him, he's just, he's such a ball of energy, a bright ball of energy, and he really makes me feel like things are great, uh, makes me feel like things are going to be awesome, and, and he took me to Wellington Boxing Gym, so shout out to the boys over there for, for taking me in and, and giving me a place to train, Um but yeah, this has been—I've been busy. I've been really, really busy since I've been here. Obviously, setting up for the wedding and all that sort of stuff. But when I was talking about toxic environments, and when I was talking about places that that just feel like they're feeding off you for no reason, even if you are trying to relax, you just couldn't. That's why I got away. I've been here in Wellington, and I'd say hour by hour, I've actually had more uh, time filled out, and I've been around more people socially uh, than I would have been if I was in Dunedin. But 
I feel way happier doing it. So I just think the environment that I'm in right now is just, you know, it's not toxic. It's fresh, like I said before. Um, but I think, you know, the contagion or the actual issue has been Dunedin. So to be able to get away uh, and get that sort of perspective is... It's, yeah, it, it does mean a lot because um, I was going crazy, guys. I was really, really going crazy and I was starting to think, you know, there's no way I can heal from this because um, I've tried everything and then it got to the point where, you know, I was I was having a real struggle trying to get motivation to just do anything, to just be anything. Um, you know, I could, I could get to training and training was really holding me there. But other than that, you know, I was disliking going to work. I was disliking being at my own house. Uh, but now I've got new things to look forward to. And, and being here in Wellington just kind of reminds me that Dunedin is a small place, but it's not everything that I have. Um, a lot of what I have is, is here in Wellington uh, or it's elsewhere that's outside of Dunedin. So it's been nice to be away. Um, obviously, I do have to go back to Dunedin. But what I'm hoping is that I go with a fresh energy this time and I can really start to compartmentalize uh, what needs to be done so that I can live it to the fullest of my potential. Um, and part of that, you know, part of the new me as well as the new house that I've now moved into um, and just moving away and just trying to take that time for myself. I bought a new phone because the night before I actually had to fly here, I, I broke my phone um, and I got an iPhone 13 Pro, Pro, Pro. just flexing because I know fucking amateur. I've uh, got the Pro, the iPhone 13 Pro and it has been, I have had my phone since 2016 so to update and be able to get the new one is kind of cool. Um, technologically, I'm pretty average. Like I managed to get this podcast up and going and, and every, that's that's big. That's like pushing my horizons. But anyway, got this new phone um, and I was here for the wedding and as part of that, I was the best man um, and during that process, it was it was amazing. So my I'm going to talk about them for a little bit, but I don't want to get into too much because then you'll know way too much about me. But uh, basically, my father met this woman named Helen when he was doing teachers college, and I think the first thing that it shows about me uh, shows about my dad is that he's hundred um, percent persistent. So uh, the reason he met Helen, <clears throat> and this kind of makes you think like how why do these things happen? And how do things intertwine and line up the way that they do? It's like when stars align, they make constellations. And then that's the picture that we all know now. Uh, and that's kind of what happened with my dad. You know, he, he was doing full-time he was doing full time work uh, as well as trying to study and as well as trying to raise me. So when my mother and my father split up, uh, we, spent most, we spent most of our time with my mum for a little bit. But then once my dad was set up, when he moved to town, uh, I moved in with him and it was just us two and we would do everything together uh, and part of me being there all the time was that he couldn't dedicate full time to his studies uh, and his study he was becoming a teacher so he was studying to become a teacher uh, so he went through one group like one class and then with that class he had to drop to part time uh, just because he was you know trying to work full time to sustain us as well as um, just trying to be alive you know uh, and then because he went part-time and got to go into another class, he met Helen. Uh, and Helen was all at all of our things, so because he was in the bilingual unit, uh, there were a lot of like marae stay, and there were a lot of times outside of the classroom where people would be together, and it was always uh, good to bring a family. So I was with my dad everywhere, really, and then that's where I met them all. Uh, and then the parties that he would have at our house, obviously I was there because I had nowhere else to go. Uh, I didn't really know anyone. And that's where we met Helen, and... When I was asked to be the best man uh, for the for their wedding, 
they they just the first thing that they briefed me on was that we're going to you know you're going to have to do your speech and I spoke about this last week where I've known this since January but this was difficultly difficultly definitely uh, one of the most difficult speeches I've had to conceptualize or think of because I know I didn't want to write it all down uh, because I wanted to feel something in that moment um, and how I did feel at the time was hot and pretty drunk but we still got there in the end because I had the essence of what I wanted to say uh, and that essence was that. Uh, in terms of how I understand the world, uh, there is a Maori creation narrative where basically we went from a nothingness to uh, a realm of potential where it's dark. And and, and so just before uh, Tani Mahuta pushes the Ranginui and Papatuanuku apart, uh, it was dark. It was it was it was in there. There was definitely something there, and there was definitely life in there. But we just didn't have the rushing of light because there was still no separation between the top and the bottom, um, and what I believe and how I feel in terms of how I've tried to understand all of this is that uh, we went from a nothingness which was a world that we don't have now. So the world that we have now is what was created and before uh, we had two separate worlds uh, and there was no real joining. So uh, when they joined together, that's when we went into the darkness where uh, everything was kind of there. We definitely had the structures. We had everything built up and we knew that there was potential uh, for greater life, for greater everything in that moment. Um, and it only took about 16 years to, to decide that, you know, we we're going to get this understanding. And, and if 16 years uh, trying to merge different families where everyone's going through puberty at the same time. Uh, we're all trying to just get along because we're obviously having to get to know each other. Uh, there's three kind of grown people versus three kind of grown people as well. Uh, coming together, the joining of that, you know, whether we got along or not, there's going to be difficulties uh, financially as well as just logistics because we have so many Christmases, uh, so many birthdays, so many times that people would want to use a car when we're learning how to drive. Uh, all of those things to take into consideration and that's not to say that we don't love each other but it's just to say that you put eight people together we're always going to have discrepancies somewhere because we had our own upbringings and we had our own ways of understanding the world. So that clash was going to be there and there were plenty of clashes, plenty of clashes, but it was through that um, you know, that want for uh, us to just be happy together that we all kind of made it work. Um, and that's what the gist of my speech was about, was just talking about you know going through those stages of evolving and that my dad actually, you know, wanting to with my with Helen as well, uh, wanting to come together and actually have that union or that, you know, we lit the unity candle, which is the merging of our two families. With that, with that part comes the expansion, comes the the moment of enlightenment into into Te Aumarama where we have a world of light, uh, and that light is the the enlightenment and the understanding and the embracing of the fact that we are now one. And that all of the love that we've ever had, you know, the potential to love each other, all of that stuff was finally realized and it was a moment of realization. Uh, and it was probably quite, I'm just saying this selfishly now, and I didn't say this at the time, but I think I had a huge hang up about why, you know, I felt weird about this whole thing. And it's because I've never allowed myself the moment to finally realize that this is it and they're, they're happy together and this is how our worlds were meant to be. Um, just like at the beginning where dad ended up in a class where um, he ended up meeting Helen, uh, for, you have to come to that moment of realisation for things to set all into place. And I think once we got to this moment and we got to feel what it felt like, I think it was an aura thing where this was the right thing to do. Um, 
that's when that's when I just kicked my ass and I was just like, this is awesome. This is such a cool feeling. And it's that click, you know, when things just click, when you get a light bulb above your head, when you get a matchstick up your ass, that's when you start to feel, yeah, okay, this is it. And that feeling is something that can settle you. And that's, that feeling is something that I only just realized now. We had all the puzzle pieces there, but that last piece just went together and the picture came out. Uh, and it only took 16 years. And it's partially because I'm probably really stubborn. Really, really stubborn. But anyway, awesome night. Um, just really cool. Just very typically us, the way that it all went. Uh, you know, the, the, the children of our bride and groom were the children uh, in the line, so the best men, the, the groomsmen, sorry, and, and the bridesmaids uh, were all family, and we had an awesome um, awesome MC who was it was one of our childhood friends. Uh, sorry, yeah, I played rugby with his son, and and um, Helen and him had known each other since forever, and we just, yeah, it was just an awesome atmosphere, and it wasn't too big. Um, you know, you went through the rehearsal, and I remember going through the rehearsal and... Any other time I've practiced something, you're kind of like, yeah, okay, this should be fine. But when we went through the rehearsal, when I walked out of the room, I was like, oh gosh, this is going to be a disaster. But on the day, man, something just takes hold of you and you just put yourself into place. You just get to where you need to go. You kind of remember the bits that they had, but you just look at it and it's just like, we're flowing. And that's exactly how it all went. The whole thing was flowing. And I was so happy, and by the end of the night I was pissed, but I absolutely enjoyed myself, um, and then yeah, so that was, it was a really, really cool wedding, it was the first experience that I've had being part of a wedding, so I've never been a best man before, never been a groomsman, I've never actually really been to a wedding, the only wedding that I went to was my mum's, and I can't remember it, and I don't even think... I sat in the place where they got married. So I don't actually think I watched it. I think I just sat outside uh, because that was another thing where I was just so stubborn to just be like, oh my gosh, this is what's happening. Um, so anyway, yeah, I hope she doesn't listen. But if you do, hi mum. Um, that was, yeah, I mean, I, I can't really remember it, but this is fucking memorable. I'm going to remember this one for a very, very uh, long time. And yeah, like I said with my with my speech, I, I looked on YouTube and typed in best man speeches and it was always like, you know, the brother uh, or a best friend or something like that. And I just realized, you know, my dad was my first best friend. Uh, I went everywhere with him. Um, and even though we found it difficult to talk to each other, I always knew he cared. Um, so, yeah, this is that virtual hug that I always talk about. Um, it was it was cool to actually finally be here uh, and see us all together and see that we can function. And now that we're adults, we've put all that other petty stuff aside and we've all moved on with our lives and we just know that we, we really do love each other and we're a family and we, we've come together as one. And I yeah I just think that for all of you listening, I know I told you the story and you get to know a little bit about my life, but I just feel like there's going to be something in your life that you have you know not given the space to actually think about or, you know, Obviously not everyone's going to get married and you're not just going to automatically just like the position you're in. Um, but yeah, I think just addressing all those sorts of things that make you feel a certain way. Um, so for me, it was just a stubbornness to accept that this was it. Uh, but now now that I know it is it, it is it. And I'm so, I couldn't be happier. I couldn't be happier. And it was cool. And we did a little dance and we were dancing everywhere. I let my hair out. It was just, it was wild. No, it was a wild night. I really... I really enjoyed it, and and on the day, you know, my dad, he had he he quoted, he had ants in his pants, and and from there, uh, you know, we just needed to make sure that he was chill the whole time, and just get him what he needed to get, a couple of beers, go for a feed, chat out in the back, and then my quarter came down uh, with my uncle and my other uncle, so 
Uh, it was cool to have them there. And also our wedding celebrant was also because my koro was there and my koro's brother was there. Uh, they were talking to her about you know where she's from and we just happened to be related. So um, that's kind of cool how that all happens. And yeah, it's one of those things where I think because we felt it, you know, we could feel the love from the beginning and that everyone there was properly there to celebrate them. There was no one there that we hadn't seen before in our lifetime. You know, when you get weddings or you want to get events and people like just oh yeah, that's right, I walked their dog once upon a time, checked their mail. I knew every single person or I knew that someone was linked to someone Um, and that was the coolness about it being such an intimate time. Obviously it's quite sad that we couldn't have quite a few people there because of travel restrictions Uh, but with live stream and technology and all that sort of stuff we were able to see each other. So no, yeah, I think, I really think that this is, um, it's really changed the way that I feel uh, about weddings, it's really changed the way that I feel about about this family, obviously, because now you know we're definitely a joint family, and I, and I love them. Uh, I do love them a lot, and um, I think there's a mo- there's going to be a moment in everyone's lives who's listening to this where you finally you know there's something that clicks, there's something that clicks in you, uh, and you just you know you don't have to let these people know, but if you feel it within yourself, that shift. It feels so much better. You actually feel so much lighter. Uh, and I think that's why in the last couple of days it's been so busy. It's been so much busier than anything that was going on in Dunedin. And I was moving a house while trying to work and trying to do other things. Um, but yeah, that was, I feel alive. I actually feel, you know, I had physically exhausted, that's fine. But like, I feel so stimulated and I feel like I was meant to be here. So uh, it's awesome. Awesome, awesome time, and um, that was all I wanted to come on and talk to you about today, because I didn't plan anything, obviously, because I had so much going on, but I still needed to come on and tell you, Uh, and just the last thing is just, you know, the feelings of love, and and when they were talking, uh, and just talking about, you know, what it felt like to love each other, um, you know, that's, I think that's when it clicked for me, that these are how they, this is how they feel, And, and I've always always been so happy for them but this was the moment for me that just clicked it in and um, no I couldn't be couldn't be more proud and I'm so happy that you all get to listen about this uh, or watching if you're watching on there but I'm sorry if it was boring for you but they're just you know I didn't want to tell you the exact details of the wedding but those are just that's just how my mind kind of went through the entire thing um and whether or not it's it's good uh we got an episode out i don't want to miss one again a happy labor day stay safe out there please drive safely if you are out there uh making the most of your time uh sunblock up climate change is real get vaccinated wear a mask wash your hands uh and and be kind to each other right love you all take care